Welcome to another episode of Chan with the Plan, the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy, actionable steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you can stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. And I'm your host, Max Chan. And in this episode, we will be discussing how to grow a personal brand that services people worldwide. And my guest for this episode to discuss personal branding is Dr. Michael Ho, whom has built a personal brand serving multiple countries worldwide in the healthcare space. So a little bit about Dr. Ho. He's a doctor of chiropractic and acupuncture with special interest in treating patients with painful conditions relating to their muscles, joints, and nerves. And with his years of clinical experience, extensive knowledge of the human body, and innovative thinking, Dr. Ho has developed and formulated a line of products that have helped millions worldwide live a healthy lifestyle. He's inspired by the courage and determination of his patients, customers who are trying their best to be who they are to live a more active life that's productive, fun, and meaningful. Now let's get into my discussion with Dr. Ho on building a personal brand that services people worldwide. Hey, Dr. Ho, thanks for coming on. Hi, Max. So can you uh, give us a little background in terms of what you did before you started your Dr. Ho brand? Yes, I was, uh, I'm a professional chiropractor and acupuncturist. I ran my own uh, pain clinic. We specialize in uh, treating headaches and other musculoskeletal pain. Uh, we had a clinic first in Markham, Ontario, in Canada. And then we have uh, the second clinic in downtown Toronto. Uh, that's where I started my practice. And to make a long story short, okay, we utilize, you know, the standard chiropractic and physical therapy equipments in our office. And I find a lot of the equipments were actually not that effective. So we start to explore uh, different alternative, you know, treatments for the patient. And we created a electrotherapy device, which we use in the clinic. And... Uh, since the patient really liked it, many of them have actually asked me to, you know, lend them the machine or rent them the machine or sell them the machine over the years. And that's how the idea of actually producing our own pain therapy device for the patient's home use, you know, come to being. And how did you create the device? Did you like research vendors? Uh, did you de design it yourself? Like what was the process in making your first device? Uh, basically, the device was designed by looking at all the available you know, devices already that's available on the market already. And one thing I noticed that uh, with almost all devices, all electrotherapy devices, there's a process called habituation where the nerves and the muscle really get used to the same stimulation and they adapt very quickly. Like we talk about within five to 10 minutes, uh, then they don't, the nervous system doesn't respond very well. For example, if you ever had, say, interferential or TENS or EMS or uh, ultrasound or any one of those you know, standard physical therapy equipment, you find that after a few minutes, you have to change the intensity, like usually have to turn up the intensity or change the frequency or change some of the parameters you know, about the stimulation in order to get a response from the body. So that's something I noticed. So I say, well, if we change the parameters you know constantly 
then the nervous system would constantly respond, you know. And basically, that's the basic idea. So I, I, I know a bunch of engineers, and we create a device that what we call auto-modulate. It changes the frequency, the uh, the waveform, the the you know, what we call the rest period, the RAM speed. That's how fast uh, the intensity rises, and different parameters into this device. And we basically use that on our patients. Uh, but the real purpose of to you know behind creating these devices. I noticed that most patients, you know, only come to my clinic because they were desperate, okay? You know, they were in so much pain, uh, they cannot work, they cannot look after their family, they cannot sleep. So they only come because they're desperate. But unfortunately, most people, once you get them out of the acute uh, symptomatic phase, they stop coming, okay? Because most people have a very busy life. They work at, you know, there are other things to do, or they live too far away, and many people don't have enough money, or they don't have insurance coverage. So many people do not get proper and regular treatment for their pain, and as a result, many people develop chronic pain because they cannot afford the time or the money for regular treatments. So I thought if we can create a pain relief system that people can use easily and effectively and affordably at home, uh, it would be something that would really help a lot of my patients and also potential customers you know, outside of my clinic environment. And that's how the whole concept come to be, is to try to create a pain release system that somewhat duplicate myself and my personal treatment within my clinic so that the patient can continue to get you know, really effective and uh, good care while they're at home. So either as an adjunctive therapy uh, or as a standalone therapy on their own. So that's the idea behind my home pain therapy systems. You actually make a good point in terms of healthcare because people don't usually go to doctors unless they're in a lot of pain. And then once the pain subsides, there's usually like very chiropractic, as you're aware, you, you want to do some maintenance care so then you don't get back to that type of pain but a lot of people end up uh, dropping off. So you actually solve the problem. Of how can I continue to treat my patients when they don't want to pay because of insurance or they just get, start getting busy and they think they're fine because they're healthier? You have a device that is in their home so they can still have that treatment uh, continue, right? Yeah, that's that's one of the issues. Other issues is a lot of patients simply have no access to the right type of doctor that can treat their pain. If you look at Western medicine, it's really focused on you know pharmaceutical management of the pain instead of actually treating you know the nerve and muscles that are causing the pain. So it's a whole different approach. So to find the right type of treatment that is you know that can give you fast you know immediate relief and also long term you know corrective uh, or we call functional recovery is very very difficult. Okay. And as we know, in the past five years, you know, many people uh, are turned to different medications and opioids, leading to addictions and you know possible fatalities, uh, which happen all, uh, everywhere now because it's sort of the easy way uh, that you know Western medicine kind of manage the pain. So I I like to think that if I can help the patient target the cause of their pain we can not only relieve the pain short term, but also to help to improve their life 
by improving the function, meaning, okay, someone with back pain, for instance, if someone has you know, back pain and all they do is rest, take medication to cover the pain, after a while, you'll see you know, rapid degeneration of the disc, leading to, uh, leading to uh, herniation, sciatic nerve issues, and also arthritis in, in the joints. And then the person become less functional and less able very rapidly. So a, a young middle-aged person could actually be partially disabled because of a chronic back pain that's not managed properly. And you see that every day in society. Many people in the 40s already, because they sit all day or they or they occasionally do the weekend sports and then they hurt themselves. Uh, they, they don't know what to do. They take a pill, they rest. And the problem becomes very bad you know, rapidly after a few years. And then they end up not able to do anything. They cannot play, they cannot sleep, they cannot take care of their family, and some cannot even work. So it, it is a big cost to them personally and big cost to society. But if we can target that say, same chronic uh, back pain patient by you know, using a device that teach, teach the nerve muscle to basically relax and restore the normal tone, then the person can gain back the normal function of the lower back, which basically slow down or negate the, you know, the natural degenerative process of a back that is not functioning because the muscles are con- constantly tight. So, yeah, so it, it, I also like to introduce to the world and to people with pain, you know, the reasons why they have pain and how we can target the cause of the pain so that they can live a better life. And that's the purpose of the Dr. Ho's brand, is to help people live a much better life with a lot less pain and enable them to live their life that they like and then they or they have been doing in the past. Going back to your first device, how long did it take you to test it to make sure that it's effective before you started to mass produce it? Like what was the, the cycle or the process in doing that? Yeah, the, the first generation of my pain therapy device took about three years of development. And I have to thank my patients. My, my patients are, are the best people, you know, for feedback and consultation because, you know, I use the device on them. I, I ask them right away, you know, is it helping you, etc. And it's their feedback, uh, what they like, what they don't like, that allow me to make modifications to our device. So it took about three years. And initially, you know, the purpose wasn't to develop a device for home use. The purpose was to develop a device that uh, we can use in the clinic to make our treatment more effective. But what we find out is, you know, many patients have started to ask me, say, hey, doctor, can I borrow that for the weekend? Or, or what happened when you go on vacation? Can, can I, you know, buy one? You know, I started getting a lot of those questions. And I realized there is a, a big demand for a home therapy unit because there's, there's so many people who are not getting the treatment. So we took almost a year to decide to produce the device. We, we asked my, our patients, say, hey, if you really want a device, just put your name down. Uh, and then uh, if we actually have enough people interested, then we'll produce the first, you know, first batch. And boy, we within within months we had about a thousand patients' name on the waiting list, and they they call regularly. And then after about a year, I realized, you know, I, I really got to do this because there is a lot of need, uh, you know, uh, for home therapy device. And that's when we started the first batch. 
And then the first, we make the first batch of about a thousand units and they were basically all, all gone, you know, within, within weeks. And then I asked myself the question, say, well, my patient trusts me and they have tried this device in my clinic, so they know it works. So what about outside the clinic, you know, the general public, would they be interested in a home therapy device? So my first, you know, if you want to call it marketing, uh, process is that I, I kept a whole bunch of pain therapy device in, in the back of my car and wherever I go, whether it's uh, in the gym or when I go get a haircut, wherever I have an op- opportunity to meet someone, I would ask them if they have any pain. If they do, I say, just wait, I'll bring a device in and let you test it. And I realized that most people who try a device would want to buy the device right away. So I realized, hey, I, I got something that people really need and they really like, and they're willing to, to pay for it, okay? So I have a potential business, but beyond the business, I have a potential to help a lot of people outside of my clinic. And that's how the company uh, actually got started. Do you still have your two clinics or are you just doing the devices now? No, I, I do not have my clinics anymore because, uh, you know, it's basically too busy. Right now, we we work every day because I, I love I love creating new products. So we're constantly creating new products. Right now, we have about 26 new products in development. So we have our own uh, engineering uh, department. We have our product design department. Uh, we do our own manufacturing. Like we, we make our own mold, source our own raw material, uh, you know, semiconductor chips, et cetera. So we, we produce all our own, own products to ensure that, you know, they are of high quality. Because one of the challenges, okay, for home medical devices, how can you make a device that is as effective as the very expensive, say, hospital type of devices, okay? Secondly, how do you make it easy to use so that, you know, they don't have to have any medical knowledge? And it could be for, say, a senior, you know, who trouble with their hands uh, or have eyes, a vision problem. So it's got to be very, very simple to use. And it's going to fit all the requirements, okay, like the, the, the standards of manufacturing requirements of FDA, like the health and safety um, uh, standards of, you know, U.S. FDA, uh, Europe, you know, European uh, CE, uh, in Australia, TGA, and, um, you know, in China, China FDA, every country like Japan, Japan FDA, our, our production, you know, process have to you know meet every one of those standards in order to get the machine certified as a you know, class two medical device for OTC over the counter use for the patient. So so we we have to produce our own unit in order to ensure that every unit go out there are done properly with the best component possible and or tested not just for safety, but also for quality, for long-term usage, so that the patient will be satisfied with the product so that you know, they will trust the brand uh, you know, moving on forward. So yeah, that's, so we, we're too busy to actually uh, look after patients directly. All right, and that leads me to my next question. How long did it take you to transition from the clinic work with just straight uh, product development and product marketing? That was one of my toughest decisions in my life because my, my patients are like my friends, you know, and family because as a chiropractor, 
we see our patients and the whole family, you know, over over long term. It's not just an emergency visit. We see them and want them come back to us, and they bring their friends and family back to us. So a lot of them, a lot of them become very close. So it's a very hard decision to say, oh, I I have to give up my practice and you know and focus my time energy, you know, on on my new uh, uh, project of helping people to help themselves at home. So that to do that, I and I was I was lucky. I had a good partner in my clinic, and then we brought in another associate doctor. And over a period of about six months, we introduced the patients to the new doctors, and you know, start having them look after them. You know, with me uh, overlooking the treatment, and then the patient got comfortable, and then I was able to move on to my project. So it, the transition period was about six months, moving from you know clinical practice to actually, you know, working full-time uh, on this home therapy project. All right, so let's go on to the development of the Dr. Ho brand. What made you decide to go with your name, uh, Dr. Ho, instead of, like, some corporate name? Yeah, as, as we all know in business, trying to come up with a brand name is extremely difficult because it's got, you know, that's what represents your product. And we have thought of about many, many different brand names. And in the end, we actually, it is our customers that help us pick the brand name because the customer cannot remember the name we use for the product when we first started. They all call the product the Dr. Ho. Okay. They, they always refer to, oh, I bought the Dr. Ho uh, and, you know, and, and this and that. So they always refer the device as Dr. Ho. So, I say, well, then we just keep the brand as Dr. Ho's. And not only that, I thought if I develop a line of product, it would be very difficult to come up with a brand name or a trade name for each one of those products. But if I can trademark Dr. Ho's, okay, and then I can have different Dr. Ho's product, and I don't have to go through this process of finding a right trade name uh, for each product. But most important reason I selected Dr. Ho's is I realized most people outside my clinic do not trust anything you know, that has uh, been marketed for pain relief. Because most people who suffer with chronic pain have gone through a lot of trouble. They have tried everything. They tried every type of doctor, every type of therapy, many types of drugs, and nothing really helped them. And that's why they still suffer chronic pain. So they don't trust that the next thing new will help them. So I want to create a brand where people will trust. Okay. So I say, well, putting your own name behind something will ensure someone realize that, hey, if you put your name behind some something, there's more likelihood that this product, you know, is trustworthy. And in fact, our whole brand is based on trust. Okay. Uh, so and and to create trust, it goes beyond the brand name. You have to have a product that hopefully over delivery, you know what the promise is. Okay, so when when someone gets the gets my product, when they use it, they say, oh, it does work. Okay, that's the most important. That first impression after the first use. If it works for them, they love the brand. If it doesn't work for them. People will, will not like the brand, and then you lose the opportunity 
to help them in the future. Okay, so it's very important that we create a product that will give them results within minutes. Okay, so that's one of my challenge. We create a product that can give someone relief within the first ten minutes of trying it. Most people, obviously, there's some people that will not work for many reasons, but for a large majority of our paying、uh, customers, they will get some relief within ten minutes. So they actually start to like the brand. And if you survey our customer, many of our customer have most of our product. They will buy, you know, each new product that we come out,、uh, come out with, because they realize that hey, we we spend a lot of time and effort, and everything's done from the heart to help the patient with the real intention of helping the patient. So to earn that trust, good product and good service. Okay, if there's problem, customers can cause, and we we don't do it perfectly, but we try to train our customer services, you know, service reps. To give the best service they can to each and every patient, and that's part of the challenge. As we get bigger,、uh, we have to utilize you know third parties, you know customer services, and and that become a big challenge for us. But you know that's something we like to do better all the time is to make sure that each and every customer get the best best service they can. If they have any problem with the device, you know we'll repair or place it for them. But most important, we will walk them through with how to use the machine if they had trouble.、Uh, you know, so that 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 is what the brand's all about: is to be to be trustworthy to a customer. They realize when they buy some of us, we will be there for them for as long as the company exists. We will not we will not just leave them, you know, with any issues that they may have. To add to that, so service is a big one.、Uh, getting relief quickly to show the result of your product. Is also important. What other types of like business lessons can you share in terms of growing a brand that's trustworthy and that will withstand many years? I believe, okay,、uh, those two are the most important. But being able to come up with innovations, okay, again and again, to help you know the the customer with different problems. For instance, okay. Before when we first start, we have a system. Just use basic body electro pads. You can use a different part of your body, and that's great. People love that. It was very versatile. But for example, someone with headaches and neck and shoulder pain or whiplash injury,、uh, you know, really severe problem with the you know cervical spine, the neck. They need something more than just a body pad. So to create. A product, you know, like、uh, what we call our product, Neck Pain Pro, where we、uh, create specialty electrodes that fits the neck and have the electrodes already built in, so it will target the exact nerve and pressure points that are responsible for the headache, that are responsible for the neck and shoulder pain or the radiating pain down the arm, that can be utilized very easily. Okay, would. Impress the patient because now I don't have the the patient don't have to fuss around with putting the pads on the right place. Don't have to find a neck roll to lay down on. To make products that are easier for them to use is one of the key because easier means more effective. Why? Because when something's easy, they will use it more. Okay. If they mess around with different things, they will not use it as often. So yeah, making something easier for the customer, I feel, is very important for the brand because now you have something that's more reliable to them. Okay, 
Uh, another example, okay, again, before we do pads for foot pain, okay, a few years ago, we developed a product called the Circulation Promoter. We really focus on treating the legs and feet. So for a patient with diabetic neuropathy, uh, patient with sciatic nerve issues, arthritis in the feet, or just cramps, circulation issues, now they have a device that you know, they can store under their sofa. When they get home, they just pull it out, put their feet on. You know, they get a quick and fast and effective treatment while they're watching TV. Again, make it so it fit their lifestyle so that, you know, they can utilize the product easily and get the treatment they need. Because the key to getting effective uh, results is to use the product regularly. And to get them to use it regularly, uh, you have to make it easy and effective. And I believe that's what uh, builds up brand. Patients who are trying many products, not getting results they need, when they find it, when they when they test and try a dot post product, they finally see the results and they start to live a better life. And you know, and that's what builds the brand. And when, when you are able to impress a customer, they will recommend their friends and family. And I don't think any business can survive nowadays without referrals. Okay. If you don't get any referrals, your marketing cost is so high, you may never be able to sustain your business. So you need that after sales referral business in order to survive. And for our company, the average customer will refer at least four other new customers to us. Now the record stands for with one patient, uh, she's a nurse at a major hospital. She has referred over 250 new customers to us. So I think to build a brand, you gotta help your customers the best you can with the right intention. Okay, as long as you have that purpose in your mind, and you have to basically communicate that you know down your management line, down your production line, down your QA uh, personnel. Every single person has to have that same purpose. If you can do that, you, you can build a brand. So you start off with one device. How did you know when to start your next product and then the next product after to the point where you have multiple products right now that are available for uh, your customers to buy? Uh, a lot of the product ideas actually come from our customers. Okay. Uh, you know, going back to the old days when people actually write you, uh, write you a letter. I, I remember getting boxes and boxes of letters from our customers, you know, telling us, you know, how, how, how the device had helped them and also what they like and what they like to see in the future. Okay. So a lot of the development ideas come from our uh, customers and patients. Uh, I tell you, for, for example, my first device have one port, okay? One output port. So you can plug one, one wire with two pads. So a lot of customers say, hey, this works really well and da-da-da, but can you make a device with two ports? Okay, so we had that request for a long time. Sure, sure, you know, so we worked on that and after about three years, we create the second device with two ports. And then, you know, uh, some patients say, you know, I really like to treat my entire feet. So the pads are too small. It doesn't fit the shape of my feet. So we created very special electrodes that are shaped like your feet. So we stimulate all the different reflex points and all the nerve ending in your entire feet. Uh, Later on, okay, we have requests for a patient to say, 
I like the two put, but can we have different control? So I can say control the intensity to my shoulder and then intensity to my lower back separately. So we create, you know, the Pain Therapy Pro device where with two sets control. So a lot of those come from the patients, I call it patients, uh, customers' uh, requests. But a lot of it, I look at what's on the market and how to stay ahead, okay, of the market and the competition. As you know, once you have something that's very popular, then other people create similar product, uh, and rightly so, and that's, you know, that's how innovation is done, to compete. So how do you stay ahead of the market? So what I like to do and what I have been doing is to create really specialty focused therapy products, okay? So I, I will repeat this, you know, say my Neck Pain Pro product is, very, is a very specialty product for treating headaches, neck and shoulder pain, okay? Uh, there's nothing like in the world. We have utility patent. We have design patent for this product all over the world. Then we create a specialty low back product called the triple action back belt. Okay, it's got an inflatable, adjustable back support. It's got uh, instead of the sticky lateral, we we have created some really really unique fabric lateral that's a silver lines inside. So now we don't have to have stick anything to our skin. So it makes it much more comfortable, more convenient, especially for patients who have chronic low back pain where they need to wear the belt all day long at work, for example, or at night while they're sleeping. So it's a very specialty product for people with chronic back pain. Uh, and then the circulation promoter is a very specialty product for treating the legs and feet. And it, moving into the future, I have a specialty pillow coming out where you can adjust it, okay, to your body shape and size to fit you, to customize it. And you know the next generation will actually have electrodes built in so you can have pain therapy for your neck and shoulder and for treating your headache while you're going to sleep. So I try to come up with products that, that will be easier and more effective and very specialized for one particular region of your body so that you can get the best possible treatment for that part of your, your problem, okay? So that's, that's basically what I, I'm trying to do uh, with our brand, to make it the brand of choice for basically all common painful conditions. So you started in the GTA, which is the Greater Toronto Area, for people who aren't familiar. How did you know when to start expanding to other markets, and how did you manage the scalability of your business? Uh, you know, the, the old saying that, you know, you should always farm your backyard before you go anywhere else. And we've basically done that, okay? I mean, I love Canada, you know. Uh, it's really one of the best places in the world. People are so, so wonderful and so helpful, and it's a great community. So I never thought about expanding outside Canada really until the past few years. So we, we are focused on staying in Canada, helping Canadians, because uh, I know Canadian lifestyle, what they need most. I know how people work hard and, and you know, how they sit all day and the type of mattress they use, the, the, the type of pillows they use, how some of those are causing issues. So we, we've really focused, you know, locally in Canada and, 
and we understand you know the different distribution networks in Canada. Uh, but because Canada, especially Toronto, where we are based, is such a diverse community, you know, there's people immigrated there and traveled there for business from you know everywhere in the world. So a lot of our customers in Canada have actually purchased our product and send it, say, to the U.S., to South America, to to Africa, to you know Japan, Korea, uh, China. You know, our, our customers buy product in in Canada and send everywhere. And over the years, we have requests from different countries. People will say, hey, I use your product. I'm in business. I'd like to distribute your product in my country. So out of, after seeing many requests from different countries, we start to you know, think about how to expand uh, to other areas you know, of the world. So that's when we start to expand into Europe, uh, expand into the USA, and uh, you know, and all across South uh, South America, uh, basically through again referrals from the customers and, and you know, which open up uh, our, our basically our, our mind about doing business there. But to every country you want to enter, there's challenges because every country have their own you know, medical device regulatory uh, standards that you have to fulfill. But by expanding to different market, it has make our make us better, okay? Because we have to improve our manufacturing process and our testing process uh, over the years. So right now we're trying to expand into the United States, okay? It's a much bigger market. It's a more challenging market because you know there's many things we don't know and we are learning as we go, and as you. As you, you know, young as young as as you can see, younger people are not watching television where we have started our marketing. So now our marketing have you know diversified a lot. Instead of just being on TV, we are on omni channels. I mean, you know, you have to be everywhere. Uh, you have to be in retail. You have to be in pharmacy. You have to be you know online. You have to be on all the social media platforms. And there's different methods of communications that are more challenging than TV. So we're, we're learning those process as we grow as a company. That's great. And from a marketing perspective, you, you always have to localize the messaging for each international market you enter. So how do you know what resonates in terms of your messaging with different countries? Do you experiment first or like how does that work? Yeah, that, that, that is a huge challenge, right? I mean... You know, the regulation is one thing and what people expect is another thing. Uh, so the best way to learn about different people in different countries is to go there and visit them, right? So I, I travel, I used to travel a lot. <laughs> Before COVID-19, I, you know, I used to be on a plane every every couple of months and, you know, different parts of the world and meeting my my customers. And, and once we expand to a country uh, and once we get started, you know, we have local distributor and they will organize an event where they will actually bring the customer in into a, into a big meeting where I actually get to talk to them where I can learn from them and uh, and then and then we grow we grow by you know speaking and learning from our customers in those regions and we tailor our product and our marketing a little bit differently uh, in each region now most most things are very you know, very much the same with people when people are paying. 
they just want to relieve the pain and able to do things you know they they'd like to do or what they need to do but sometimes the messaging has to be a little different okay and that's all great and in terms of marketing wise you do a lot of infomercials where do you see marketing in the future that will resonate with the younger audience uh, do you think it's social media do you think it's youtube like where do you think marketing will go to resonate with the younger audience so you can start uh, building that customer base yeah i mean you know moving in the future and even now i mean you know most marketing are moving online and social media you know like facebook is a is a great platform uh Amazon is a great platform. Uh, Shopify is a great platform. Uh, you know, TikTok is you know one of the fast growing uh, uh, market. Uh, there, there's many new technology and platform which you need to explore, and also different product requires different type of marketing. For us, we like to give you know potential customer. Value. We want to give them, you know, information they can utilize to improve their health. That's not related to our product. Okay, so we're trying to say create different types of say exercise for people with back pain, where they can u- utilize on their own whether they have our product or not. I'll give them advice on ergonomics. You know how to set up your your workstation, how should you sleep. You know how to how do you choose a pillow. All the different health advices. That you know, average person can relate. Uh, I think you know you can attract people by offering them good value, good services, and good information, right? So I think in the future, marketing a brand long term will require more and more of those type of uh, information rather than you know just selling and pushing your product onto them. You want to. Make sure the person trusts you first before they try your product, okay? And then when they try your product, then they really trust you, you know, especially if they got good effective results from it. Great. And you've been building the Dr. Ho brand for multiple years now. What has been your biggest roadblock and challenge in growing the brand? And what did you do to overcome it? I say the biggest challenge is regulation, Okay. I mean, for us to move into the U.S., we have no idea initially how to, say, apply for FDA 510K clearance. It's very challenging, okay? And we, we, we don't have the know-how. We, we, we're not able to find uh, the right, you know, legal consultants and, you know, technical consultants uh, to create all the testing, all the reporting necessary, okay, to fulfill the FDA requirements. So that that to me was the biggest challenge, you know, because you think, hey, you know, I, I pass uh, regulations say in Canada and all those other countries, why why is it so different in the US? But each country have their own regulation and don't try to understand it, just trying to learn it and trying to deal with it. Uh is is the biggest challenge. So you really need good help. Okay. And just over the years, just by test and trial, you, you try different Different uh, third-party service company. Uh, you learn who who can actually help you. Who are uh, just wasting your time and your money, and it just takes time to find all the right help. And as a small company, uh, that wasn't so easy for us. We really have to gone through 
a lot of different third parties before we find consultants that we we believe are really helping us. Yeah, so I would say regula regulatory hurdles is probably the biggest hurdles for us because our product is actually customers love it once they try it. But how do you get all the, get all the legal clearance in order to start your marketing in that country? So that that can take two to three years of hard work. And what's your biggest business lesson for aspiring entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that are in business for the first couple of years? Like, what's your uh, lesson to them to ensure that they stay on course to get the uh, results that they're looking for? There's probably two things I can say uh, for you know anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur. Maybe three things. First, you should bloom where you groom, meaning trying to stay with your expertise and what you like to do. For example, if you you know, like photography, you may want to get into, you know, uh, camera equipment, et cetera, et cetera, type of business, any photography related type of business, you know, uh, type of business because you, you like and know photography. Okay. Don't, if you like and, and know photography, don't try to be a flower, you know, flower distributor because that's out of your, your normal expertise. So trying to grow where you can be the best, okay, would give you an edge, right? So whatever your education background is, um, where, wherever your, your experience with your life have taken you, and also what you are passionate about, you know, trying to focus in that area, okay? And trying to get better and better and better and try to be the best. If you don't try to be the best, you will go downhill. You know, there's an old saying, only time you're cruising is when you're going downhill. So trying to be better all the time, okay? So you will improve and compete well against your uh, competing uh, entrepreneurs. And second is to have a purpose. You gotta ask yourself, why are you doing this? Okay, if your only purpose is to make some money, well, then that's a very weak purpose and not the... Uh, not very inspiring for yourself and for your team. So try to have a bigger purpose, whatever that is, okay? Sometimes it's easy to come up with a purpose. Sometimes it's more difficult. But if you dig deep down, you can probably find the right purpose for whatever you're doing. But if you really can't find a purpose, then maybe it's the wrong thing, you know, for you to spend your time and money on. And don't forget, you only got one life. So it's very, very short time that you have. And they go by very quickly. So yeah, find that purpose will change your attitude. Okay? Without purpose, it's really hard to have the right attitude. So purpose and attitude, I think, go hand in hand. And when you have the right purpose, uh, the challenges are just another hurdle. They won't stop you. Okay? But without purpose, you know, a bigger challenge come along will will make you give up whatever you want to do. So that's the point. Uh, third thing I get is to make sure you look for good people you like to work with, okay? Whether it's uh, you know, people in your own company or even distributors or even customers, target good people that you like to work with and uh, 
uh, and the customers you like to sell to because, you know, even customers, you, a certain type of customer you like to target and not a customer you just say, I'd rather not deal with that group, right? So, and if you work with people that you like and happy, you know, you're going to be content and you're going to focus on your purpose and then you can continue on and on. And that's the thing is you have to be determined and be able to sustain your path, right? You can't give up because there's going to be a lot of challenges, whether it's financial challenges, legal challenges, uh, you know, all, all kinds of issues. But if you if you are content with what you're doing and you have a purpose, you can continue. I think that's some of the things that come into my mind at the moment about how you can get going. And don't uh, and don't be shy about asking people questions. Right, I think uh, many people like to help you if you ask them in in a nice way. So ask for help; it's very good. I, I remember when I first started, many of my patients helped me. Okay, because you know you you don't know where to go, so you go you go to the people in your circle. So when I first started, uh, for example, I make my first infomercial in my patient's father's home. They were nice enough to lend me the home uh, to shoot the show. Okay, so that was super, super nice of them because I couldn't afford a studio. Yeah, and there's this many things. And many of my customers were willing to share the story, the testimonial, the true testimonial from the heart so that it really helped to resonate the message to potential customers. So ask for help in your circle because there's a lot of people who would like to help you. So don't be shy about that. Yeah, those are some of the things that I, I would uh, recommend to new entrepreneurs and existing entrepreneurs. It's a constant uh, constant challenge to continue and to grow. And we'll end it off there. I really appreciate your time, Dr. Ho, uh, for sharing your insights on how you grew your personal brand and help a lot of patients and people worldwide with various health issues. So how can people like, find you online to learn more about your products? Uh, best way is just go to our website. It's drhonow.com. That's D-R-H-O-N-O-W.com. We have a say, you don't need pain. You need Dr. Ho now. Okay, thank you again. Really appreciate the time. Thank you, Max, for having me. Really appreciate your time. Thank you again to Dr. Ho for sharing his insights and strategies on how he was able to build a personal brand in the healthcare space that services people worldwide across multiple countries. I believe the overall theme and message that he wants to convey when it comes to building a personal brand is that it does take time. It's a slow and steady build. There is no get success quick as he took multiple decades to get to where he is today. Make sure to check out ChanCap this upcoming Friday where I provide my own insights on this episode that I had with Dr. Ho. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. And I post full interview episodes every Tuesday on all popular podcast platforms. Again, this is Chan with The Plan The Podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan, and I thank you for listening.